0: From the iHeart Radio Studios in New York City, come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing
1: from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things guns and roses and anything else in their distorted minds,
0: it's Brando and Scotto. Because you know where the fuck you are! And this is Appetite for Distortion. Try it again.
2: to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 30. Wow. Dirty 30. Nice. Yes, it is Brando. uh, Scotto not with me today. He is a busy, busy man lately, Uh, but I had to make time for today. For my co-host slash, and I cut off really awkwardly, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, That's because I'm by myself. I have to press buttons and talk and corral and do all these things by myself. But it's all good. Uh, Appetite for Distortion, episode 30. So with me today, uh, we're going to introduce them properly. In just a few moments, but uh, Paradise Kitty, uh, Jenna, and Rachel are here. So you can say hi. So you're not. Hello. Hi, guys. So you're not just flies in the wall just yet. <laughs> uh, so, a couple things to address since our last episode that were important. We recorded it uh, literally um, the night before, probably one of the worst days. <laughs> I think a lot of people's uh, recent memory. Um, of course, we just started the show with Tom Petty, who passed away at the age of 66, came out of nowhere, it seemed. Yeah. Um, my cousin out in California, because his last show was at the Hollywood Bowl, right?
1: I saw his second-to-last show.
2: Okay, because my mm-hmm. cousin went to that, uh, so second-to-last show, and my brother just saw him in Ohio. I had ne- never seen him, so I'm going to re- regret that. So uh, we'll see if Guns N' Roses does, do cover Free Fallen or anything else by Tom Petty, because they've been doing Chris Cornell and uh, Wichita Lineman, uh, Glenn Campbell. So we'll see what happens. And, of course, uh, the other, don't want to bring it up, but I guess— um, you have to, because we like to be real, everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, what happened in Las Vegas? You know the story. You're here for Guns and Roses. Uh, if anything, and I tweeted this, this out after, because we're getting more and more nervous about what concerts to go to. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing Guns and Roses as we're taping this uh, in just a couple of days. We're taping this on uh, the 9th. So I'm seeing them on the 11th, Madison Square Garden. If that's the way I go out, not to be cryptic, that's the way I go out. I'm not going to stop living my life. Right. So, uh, it is said, I guess I wanted to acknowledge those couple things. And uh, I do want to thank uh, our last episode, Alan St. Elisa. He um, is a a musician that played with Izzy uh, back before Guns N' Roses, back before Hollywood Rose. So, if you missed episode 29, definitely catch up with that. But I do not want to waste any more of your time or any more of these lovely ladies time. Uh, So, Paradise Kitty, which is just an incredible name by the way so a tribute band is that the proper way to say it
3: um, yeah. yeah tribute homage um and Party Band.
2: Okay, yeah. I like that. Because you remember that movie uh, Rockstar with Mar- yes. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's not a cover band. It's a, tri- it's a tribute. Y- you never know. So I wanted to make <laughs> sure that I, I got it out properly. Yeah. Uh, so with me today is Jenna uh, Side. That's right? me. All right, so you're your, your vocals. Yep, I'm I, the singer. And I like your, your gun uh, dangly ears. I wore them for you. Oh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. And then uh, Rachel Ryan, right? Yes, and, yes, yes. And, and I play drums. And you have the Stephen Adler blonde hair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not intentional it just kind of worked out that way
2: (laughs) and i guess saw a picture of of you guys together recently right on your instagram um,
1: there was a thing at the uh, ultimate ultimate jam yeah the ultimate Ultimate jam Jam at the whiskey and um steven sat in and played a few songs but uh i sat in and played jenna played um it was a GNR tribute night you know they have a bunch of different musicians from different bands and all sit in and play and um i was called and asked to to do a couple songs and Possibly a few more in case Stephen didn't come. So okay, <laughs> but he turned up. He sounded amazing. He's such a sweetheart.
3: We yeah,
1: I've, I've done shows with him in the past, different tours and stuff, and it was great. Always great to watch him play those songs. His feel is like nobody else. Yep. So
2: and you said this was at the Whiskey, which mm-hmm. means you you're from L.A.? LA yeah, we're band, L. A. Right? Band. Yeah. All right. Obviously, with the sound quality, you're not over the phone. You're here in studio. So yeah. you're yeah. here in New York City. Uh, How come you're here? I'm glad you're here.
3: Uh, We have a show this Wednesday, actually, right after the MSG show. um, It's the after party at Blackthorn 51.
2: In Elmhurst, right? Yeah, in
3: Elmhurst, yeah. So uh, we're here to party with all all the gunners that haven't gotten enough of it after the show. We want to put on a great show for everybody and just... Rock out, you know. Might,
1: ha- might have some special guests sitting in. You yeah. never
3: know who's going to jump on stage with the kiddies here and there. Yeah, we but tend to have guests come in and and play with us every now and then, so,
2: yeah. You, know. you won't. I don't want to give away what could be a guest, but what are some past guests that you've had?
3: Oh, um, gosh. Every show,
1: just about every show we play, we have a guest. Yeah. So we've had everyone from Brent Fitz, from The Conspirators, come in and play with us cool. to... Uh, Dizzy Reed come and play with
3: us. To yeah, Alex Grossi you know, from quiet riot. Qu- quiet riot. <laughs> quiet Riot.
1: From Quiet Riot. Forever you know,
3: Alex also spent <laughs> ten, it's the ten time years.
1: lapse. Alex also spent ten years playing with Adler. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we, we always we always have, have friends come and sit in and and join the party. I mm-hmm. mean, they're they're great songs that we are lucky to be able to play. And um we love to have more people come and just be part of the the bigger the party, the better for yeah. us.
2: So, uh, all right, because I want to take uh, several steps back. I want to <laughs> find out the uh, the precipice behind Paradise Kitty and how that that started. Because it's, it's a unique thing. You know, to be in a tribute band, to be an all-female tribute band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do just want to read, because I like the second line of your bio, I believe, on Facebook. Of course, the obvious, Paradise City is a band of five girls who grew up loving Guns N' Roses. Listening alone couldn't satiate these kittens. I don't know, that, that <laughs> line, <laughs> that line made, me, made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> So how did it come about? How did why Guns N' Roses? Why is this not a um, New Kids on the Block cover band? Why is this not a Hall and Oates cover uh, band? I'm not, a,
3: I'm not a great dancer. I can't. I, can't, I can move more like Axel than I can like Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> um, it came about through a mutual friend that called Rachel and also called me, and we had a couple of rehearsals, got together, and started kicking ass right out of the gate out in Hollywood.
2: So. That's it. Just hey, you mm-hmm. want to be in a Guns yeah. N' Roses? Cover I got, band?
3: I, I literally got the call. Hey, um, do you want to be in my? Do you want to be the singer for my GNR tribute band? I want to start up. Yeah, I, I really text back. Yep, I I really think I do. That sounds awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's just saying the call. I feel like that's the end of the story. Like, what were you doing beforehand? That I mean, obviously, I'm assuming you were a singer. You yeah. didn't just, just discover. We, you, we, like... we all
1: have our other projects and our other bands that mm. we continue to play in. And, you know, when you're a musician, you tend to stick your fingers in a lot of pies and work on a bunch of stuff. So we, we, all, we all have our other things that we work on and we do. Okay. And, um, you know, it was a mutual friend that called both of us and was like, I want to do a you and our trippy band. Do you guys want to do it? And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, it, it, it's a perfect time for it. I yeah. love the band. It would just, it, it just... When it feels right, it feels right. So we jumped in.
2: When did it start?
1: About three years ago. Yeah, about three years okay, ago. Okay, so yeah. it's still
2: relatively new. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you was know, that before or after? The, I mean, I should know if I... It, the was be- it was
1: before the reunion, but I knew the reunion was happening. Okay. Like, I, their agents and lawyers, I sat next to them at a meeting listening to them talk about the reunion. So it hadn't been announced yet, but I knew it was going to happen.
2: Because mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people who are inside, they had no idea the reunion was going to
1: happen. Oh, yeah, no, I knew. I, I knew, I knew. Right. when their agent sits and is like, Rachel, this is going down. We're already holding venues. It's happening. You know, he probably, one, yeah. of, one of their agents, and I shouldn't say that because he probably wasn't allowed to tell me that, but.
2: <laughs> it's, it's unnamed. It's unnamed. I'm sure they have a million agents. It was a
1: manager agent made person friend let's let's make it very vague
2: okay. <laughs> your father's brother's sister's former roommate, yeah something like go. that
1: the uncle dad
3: allegedly an allegedly
2: allegedly allegedly.
1: allegedly so um it just I don't know. It just it just felt right and felt like a, a good idea and a good time and it just um so we came together we had two rehearsals one of which was auditioning members yeah and then we played our first show and at the first show we did Appetite front to back in order oh wow yeah so it was you know everyone kind of did their job and you know we've we've bounced in and out a lot of different string players you know just finding the right people who are available at the right time but Jen and I just kind of took, took the helm and you know have just made this a traveling party for all the Guns N' Roses fans, yeah. and it's a blast.
3: And Rachel and I got a bit of, we're kind of tenacious bitches, so we take on <laughs> something and we and we roll with it and take yeah. it as far as we possibly can. So, and, um, I mean, it's gotten us on cruises. We have residencies, that we, we have a standing residency at the Viper Room till the end of the
2: year, every oh, last wow. Friday of the month. Um, awesome.
3: And also the week that Guns N' Roses
1: is in L.A., yeah. we're doing after parties every night at every the Viper night. Room after every show.
2: That's incredible cuz you've been going a lot of places. You're on some sort of like road trip right now?
1: Um yeah, yeah, yeah we just...
2: We is, is it a normal thing that you you do or is it usually you, you play no, it's, local? It's, it's a
1: normal thing for musicians to do. Um, oh, yes. Pa- Paradise Kitty has always I mean we we've done flyouts. We yeah. do a lot of flyouts. But I never thought this would be a band that would do weekday shows that actually did a proper tour, but you know, um the the, the Paradise City fan club, not Paradise Kitty. But the Paradise City fan club um, asked us to do some after parties around some of the GNR dates for this leg. So I sent them to my agent and I said, here's the dates. They want us to do a couple, you know, a couple parties. I thought we might do like a couple around L.A. and Vegas. And that was it. Okay. And he called me back the next day and said, they want you in a dozen cities.
2: That's amazing. So
1: it turned into us coming out here for a week. And then we um, go home for two weeks, do a show in L.A. And then we fly into pittsburgh and do an east to west tour half of those dates hitting the g shows
2: see that's amazing to me what this yeah. band could do i mean it's one thing when they weren't together it was years yeah, ago yeah. i would see g r cover bands I remember seeing a GNR cover band with a van halen cover band uh yeah. and this was before even van halen got back together and it's mm-hmm. like this is the only chance to see them and they were good shows yeah, no. uh, but it's it's different now that they are back. Actually, it's part. Um, I was going to read this in my GNR news segment. Hold on, I have a soundbite for that. I'm going to see if it, if it makes you laugh. <laughs> shotgun news.
0: news.
2: Shotgun news. Shotgun news. <laughs> that, that's funny. I I'm on medication. If <laughs> <laughs> uh, they can you share? <laughs> uh, they just raked in fifty three million dollars for their third leg of the North American wow. tour and wow. three hundred million so far. So people were going out to see them, but people were obviously going out to see you as well. Yeah. And that's when I noticed... You know, we, we are follow- not
1: making $53 millions, but <laughs> if we did, <laughs> I would not complain. Yeah,
2: uh, I don't think any of us would, but I, that's what I noticed when because I, I follow a lot of different GNR camps on, on Twitter mm-hmm. and Facebook, and I saw you ladies were coming out here. I'm like, I want to get them in, in studio. I want to see you. what this Thank is you. all about because you seem very connected to your fans. and It's such a great... Um, Listener base and fan base, GNR has that. Oh, yeah. that you are getting accustomed to. Now uh, we're getting accustomed to with this podcast.
1: Well, you know what? It, it, it's it's not just that we're getting accustomed to the fan base. We are the fan base. Yeah,
2: that's what I said. We, we are the we're fans, super fans. You know, right. so it's
1: it's it's cool. You know, it's um, cool to connect with our our like with our. With our fellow GNR family
2: around the world. With our kinfolk. Absolutely. That's what I said. I'm not an expert. I'm just a GNR fan that happens to be in radio. That's it. So who was the one that got you all together? I want to know, like, what was their, the reason, like, again, why? You know, I know you guys were asked, but were you casual GNR fans? Or was it like, hey, this is, we want to be Guns N' Roses for, I don't know. No, it
1: uh, it was, I mean, we're, GNR is one of those staple bands for us. It's just like, it's just we've grown up with them it's just a part of who we are and um it was a mutual friend who who played with us initially and then she just she could, could only do weekends she she had like a day job and couldn't we're really so, tour and stuff so we're tenacious bitches <laughs> it, <laughs> it, we know we it, can take it as it far as we can. it quickly got little. it quickly got bigger than than she could handle yeah. so we had to find people that could professionally tour my gosh. Right, and, I gotcha. and yeah. be able to handle the volume of shows and so, you're all from LA we're well, I'm from New Mexico, but I've been in L.A. for a long time. And I'm born and raised L.A. Okay. So. Yeah. And and a couple yeah. of our other girls, our, our bass player and Jenna grew up together. Yeah. And um, our two guitarists, one's from North Carolina, one's from Connecticut, but we all live in L.A.
2: So. All right. So take me back to when you were uh, little girls, the first time you heard Guns N' Roses. I do can you, tell you. Do you remember
1: I I, I remember distinctly the first She's time I heard GNR. Okay. Um. Well... It wasn't the first time i heard them it was the first time i heard appetite the whole album okay and i was in uh i was in school i was in like junior high and we had to run track for pe class and someone put out a little stereo and played appetite for the hour we ran track
0: (laughs) and all right
1: and you know what i remember just i I remember just i i'm not a runner i hate running put me on a track tell me to run i'm gonna want to tell you to go you know, up yours. But, you know, so I, <laughs> I'll hike, don't like running. So I'm stuck running, but I remember running for that hour, not even realizing I, I had been running because I was just so fixated on listening to every note.
2: So. And Axel says, out to get me, and you're just running.
3: Yeah, out to get right. me. I'm innocent.
2: <laughs> was it? So that was, uh, what about you?
3: Um, oh, gosh. I mean... Of course, everybody remembers the first time that they they saw uh, "Welcome to the Jungle" on MTV, you know. But my my most definitive time that I really remember connecting with GNR was um, it was right after the '94 earthquake in in Los Angeles. It was huge. It was like a six point five. Sure. And not um, that
2: interrupt the uh, the world? Not with the World Series. Inter- i may maybe thinking. No, about
3: you're thinking. Moment. You're thinking the uh, the. 80, I think it's the 89 San Francisco earthquake. Alright, close is, enough. Yeah, this is a <laughs> <Close> <laughs> couple enough. years, different a couple hundred miles in between. Alright, I'll edit um, that out. <laughs> 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 but, um, this earthquake hit probably, God, I remember it was in the middle of the night, and, um, I woke up, and it was right after, it was watching Headbangers Ball, and, um, I, right before the earthquake hit, they had uh, they had November Rain was on. Okay, and I was watching that, and like the, the video just takes your breath away every time you mm-hmm. watch it, you know. And um, after that, the, the whole world shook, and people were screaming. Nobody could do anything. I couldn't go to school for for two mu- or for almost two months because our school was com- completely demolished. Mm. And um, and so I stayed home. And Guns N' Roses was on regular rotation. You had Don't Cry. You had you. You, November Rain, everything from the all the, the whole trilogy, yeah, yeah. all the Use Your Illusion videos, like we're on, on constant play, play yeah. So like that was that was like a kind of an imprint, you know, and and especially with November Rain hitting right before that earthquake, and now it's my it's my favorite GNR song of all time.
2: What was the scene like when you were getting, were you rocker girls growing up or was this just the, the one exception? I'm just trying to character build, you know, who mm. you are in the path and, and get to where we are now.
1: I was raised on good rock and roll. So my, my parents always listened to good music and so I was raised on a lot of good stuff. But um, it, I, yeah, I, I I quickly became a rocker girl when I was like probably 10 years old. My friends were listening to pop music and I... Just went to the dark side, <laughs> and, and and once you, you know what they say, when, once you go black, you never go. Black.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in relation to the dark side, I'll take it. Yeah, okay. in
1: relation <laughs> to the dark side, yes. So, you know, I went to the dark side, and that was that. And then, you know, music became was it, was it my weird? whole life.
2: But like, were you an outcast back then when you were a rocker? Cause it, yeah, every, I don't it's know. Everyone gonna... we talk to, it, it's different because I, of where you grow up, when you grow up. So that's what I'm trying to get a feel for. I think for me,
1: it, it was. Um, I just, I've always just done what I do, and not everyone always accepts it, and I don't care. So I've just always done what I do, and if I like something, I like something, and if I don't, I don't, and that's that. I've never tried to really fit in with a group or a crowd, and I grew up in a really, really, really small town in New Mexico where the groups of, of different people weren't as segregated because there wasn't enough people to segregate, you know? So when you have a class of 10 kids, there's not really room for different groups and cliques, sure. you know? fair enough. So it's just... You know, you got ten kids. That's like barely enough to have a group of friends. So it's um, <laughs> very small. Yeah, so I mean, it just kind of, you know, it was what it was. Okay. But.
3: Um, for me, I my my dad was a punk rocker and my mom was a groupie. <laughs> I grew up like in L.A. you Okay. Know? So uh, I grew up around rock and roll all the time. I mean, my first gig was at the Whiskey Go Go when I was fourteen years old. Oh wow! And so I've been playing. I've been playing the scene for a long time, and um. I guess you could say that it was weird, but I was never an outcast. I was the only reason I was cool and had friends in high school was because I was in a band. Okay. Because if not, I was the president of the school thespian society. I was the president of the arts honor society and the history society, and and I was the secretary for the Gay Straight Alliance. I had all these after school things I was into. I graduated with the with the three point
2: eight six and. a alert. <laughs> total total nerd I like it I, like <laughs> I was it. a
3: super nerd but I was also in a thrash metal band
2: So Awesome
3: And um, you know like rock and roll ran in my blood but so did comic books Okay <laughs> and nerdy stuff
2: so I like that I like yeah. that cuz you seem you're both with the personalities that you're meant to be in a Guns N' Roses cover band ah. You know like you oh, don't give a yes. shit you know you just care you know I am who I am Uh, One thing I I did not notice and I I did like, a lot of the the tribute bands, they dress up as Mm -hmm, the band. mm -hmm. Sometimes it's kind of cool, I guess, and sometimes it's kind of weird where it's like, there are ones that are just kind of sad. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, but you don't do that at all. No.
1: no. When our friend called us and said, she called me and was like, Rach, do you want to do this? I was like, I thought about it and I was like, I do want to do it, but I have some ground rules. Number one, I'm not taking some stupid name. And like, you know, being like, you know, some weird campy spinoff on Steven Adler. Not going to do that. We are not dressing like them. We're not trying to look like them. We aren't like we we in our own right have our own fan bases for what we do musically. And Mm -hmm. I want to bring, you know, five girls who are already rock stars to the table and have them play some cool songs. I don't want to make them wear wigs and weird outfits and try to, like, mimic some dude. It just it just. That was one of my first ground rules: like, no weird names, no weird outfits, none of that. Like, I come to the table as Rachel Ryan, paying tribute to Guns N' Roses. Yep. You know.
2: You didn't want to be like Stephanie Adler. Uh, no, no, that's
3: weird. That's weird. <laughs> or, that's just weird.
2: Or uh, maybe Ashley Rose for you, Jenna? No.
3: Um. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> See,
2: I like that too. I mean, you have cool like names. I guess in general, assuming they're, yeah. You know, the real names, Jenna. Yeah.
3: Well, both of us, like we we like we said, we had our own projects, you know, and. Um, this Paradise Kitty has put a huge spotlight on our own projects also. So if okay. we change our names, we change our look, then what are we actually doing for our careers when we have something oh, that's sure. it's taken off? Are you familiar with Camp Freddy?
1: Yeah. yeah so yeah. it would be like the guys coming to Camp Freddy and taking on weird, funny names and trying to, it's just yeah. not right. going to, that's not going to fly. <laughs> it's no. not going to happen. And I Can like you it. you see like, you know, some of those guys getting up there with some weird name and like trying to, Look like someone yeah, else. It's it can be very,
2: fly. it can be very cheesy. I mean, there's there something to be said about you know. I
1: appreciate the ones that do it, and, right. and that's cool. But yeah. like we, we we just we we didn't ever want to like come out and like try to recreate Guns and Roses. We're just paying tribute in our style to them.
2: Yeah. Oh, I can. That's what I was uh, going to. Where you are your own band. Yeah. You know, Jenna, you have a rasp, but it, but it's not. Axel, where you're trying to sound like Axel.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a girl. My voice, my vocal cords are built differently, so it's like trying to make a a Stratocaster sound like a Les Paul. It's not going to happen, no matter how many different phasers you you put on it or different effects. And so I sing his songs the way that they make me feel, you know. So if I, I when I'm feeling it, that's how I sing it.
2: I like it. Thanks. And because you're just going with your own uh, style, so when I'm mm-hmm. watching your videos on YouTube, it's like I'm just watching a band. They happen to be playing, Guns you know, and Guns and Roses. That's yeah. it. It's not because there is something to be said about you know, good-looking girl in a slash top hat or you know, a kilt or something. But if you don't have to do that.
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, and you know we don't need to. We could, I mean, if Jenna wanted to. Uh, every now and then, if, if I'll wear, the, I'll wear to, the bandana. <laughs> if okay. she wanted yeah. to come out wearing the white bike shorts, I wouldn't <laughs> complain because she's got a great booty, and I stare at her all night on stage. Oh, so. no complaints, <laughs> anyway.
2: I mean, you're all, <laughs> you're all fishnated up up there, so you're completely rocked, rocked out. I, I, right. I, I love but, that But you know, of it.
1: but we, we don't we don't need to do that to put on a good show. The music speaks for itself, and we do our best to play it as well as we can. And that
3: kind of says it all right there. Yeah. So and just bring we bring a party element to it too. You know, it's we're we're there for everybody's entertainment and so we want to kick ass with the music and make everybody have a good time.
2: And uh it's Paradise Kitty band. That's is that the that I know that's the website, but is it mm-hmm. also the handle for Twitter, Instagram? I mean, we'll on say on it Twitter they...
3: it's Paradise Kitty with the um, oh, underscore. underscore. That's right. Yeah, and then on Instagram and Facebook, Paradise Kitty Band.
2: Okay. Yep. Yeah. So along your, your path, because you said a lot of people have, have come up on stage. What is, has what is your journey been like? Like when you first started meeting these people? You know, did they come? Did you reach out? Um, what's the what? I mean, the we live. We, like?
1: live LA. we live in L. A. We live in Hollywood. I mean, I live right in the heart of
2: Hollywood. So, um I mean, do you like see Dizzy Reed at like you know the supermarket, and you're like, hey, you want to come down, or is uh, um, or he just shows up to your show?
1: Well, you know, like a lot of the people that have sat in and played with us are old friends.
2: Okay. So yeah. you know,
1: um like I've met. I mean, the first time I met Slash was at the Cat Club, probably 15 years ago. Okay. You know, I have been to his house after a funeral and he showed me his snake room and we you know all hung out and listened to the guys jam on guitars after we buried a good friend of ours and you know things like that so it's just you know hollywood it's like new york new york's a small town mm-hmm. LA's a small town too and you see each other and you bump into each other and you know it all becomes just like part of the same scene so um you know we, we've just invited a lot of our friends to come play there's a lot of friends that want to come play that just tour wise hasn't worked out for them to make it there you mm-hmm. know so like, you know, Paige Hamilton, I will get you down there one day, damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But he's so busy he can never make it. So um you know, yeah, it's just it's kind of um uh, it's not like if we made friends with these people through Paradise Kitty. Okay. It just the, the the friendships and the stuff was already there. Yeah. Dizzy plays, you know, his band Hookers and Blow. Mm-hmm. Our booking agent, Alex Grassi, plays in Hookers and Blow. Oh. So, um, you know, they came out to do a West Coast do some shows, so Alex booked one show with us just to kind of see if Dizzy was cool with it. Because Dizzy's played with every GNR tribute band out there over the years with Hookers and Blow. And afterwards, Dizzy's like, I don't want to play without the girls on the West Coast. I want them to play with us. They, they're the only GNR tribute band I've played with that cops the right feel. Mm. And so, like this.
2: <laughs> that's, that's so flat. Jenna was miming, squeezing boobs. I was boobs. doing the
1: hand boobs. There. Yes. So, you know.
2: <laughs> on the radio, so I had to describe it.
3: <laughs> yeah, w-
1: when we do shows together, like, you know, we, we jump up on stage with him. He jumps up on stage with us. We all just hang out and just rock out. You know, it's cool.
3: Yeah, so. that's definitely been one of the highlights of the band, or the, the players it's that fun. we played with is jumping up on stage with, with Dizzy and singing Sweet Child. That's cool.
2: All right, so then yeah. th- send you since you didn't meet them through the band, take us through just um, meeting them, just living your life.
1: Um, first time I met Axel was when he was recording Chinese Democracy at Cherokee Studios. Okay, Wow. And he w- it was the early on in the recording. He was in there with, I think he was there with RTV with Roy Thomas Baker, and um, met him briefly in the lobby of this recording studio. Saw him at other recording studios throughout that long recording process. Um, and then years later, um, I worked for his record labels. So at the time, I was Jimmy Iovine's assistant, who was the head of, at the time, Interscope, Geffen, A&M, okay. MCA, and DreamWorks. So the same Jimmy Iovine that just did the Defiant series and all that stuff. Oh, okay. So,
0: um,
1: and at that time, I used to argue with Jimmy about Axel all the time because he wanted to cut him off and wanted to like you know quit paying for him to eternally record because Jimmy really wanted a reunion because he thought a reunion would make a lot of money. And um
2: well it is but
1: <laughs> and I and I used to argue with Jimmy about it and I used to tell him that you know Axel is an artist and he has a child he needs to birth right now and instead of fighting him on that you should help him get it out. He's obviously having a hard time getting the sucker out because he's been recording for so long. He's mm-hmm. been in this process and he hasn't gotten to what he he needs to get out. And as an artist, he's not going to stop until he does. So instead of fighting him on that and putting down, you know, drawing a line in the sand, why don't you get your ass in the studio and help him? Because <laughs> Jimmy's also a producer. So okay. Jimmy and I would argue about him and be like, I don't know. I just want a reunion. And he'd, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd wander off. So um, years later, I went and saw... G&R played a residency in Vegas. It was the first night of the residency, and and DJ Ashba is an old dear friend of mine. We worked together on projects and stuff many years ago, and um, so afterwards, you know, DJ like put me on the list, and we went up to Axel's sweet party afterwards, and you know, I hadn't seen Axel in years. I talked to him on the phone a couple times, but like we we never really connected, you know, and um, you know, so we were drinking a glass of champagne together, and and I was telling him. About that, I used to argue with Jimmy about this, and he was like, "Thank you so much for that." And he was like, "But what kills me is you just did the Jimmy I.V. voice. I do the Jimmy voice too, and we both started doing our Jimmy impressions, and we got got a good laugh out of it, and drank a bottle of champagne.
2: That's nice. funny. I always like hearing about his sense of humor because yeah. he seems like the, he has like a great one, a very smart sense of humor.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a smart man, you know. And he um he's always been nothing but kind and sweet to me. Every time I've met him or crossed his path, he's always been really cool. So.
2: I mean, that's what you hear, and then all those years of just all the negative stuff, but now he seems out and about you know. and happy hearing all these wonderful stories about the man. So it's...
1: Listen, you, you could put something in the middle of a room, and depending on where you're standing, you're going to have a different perspective of it. Absolutely. So, you know, some people have different experiences, and, and also I think there's a lot of people out there that when somebody is so wildly talented and successful, a lot of people feel somehow threatened by that, and they want to, like, cut it down. So they, you know, that's their attachment to it is talking shit, mm. and that's not cool, so...
2: Then, then when did you meet Slash? Because I guess I wanted your oh god
1: over over the years we've we've it's you know Hollywood's a small town you, right. you catch Slash at the Rainbow having mm-hmm. a chicken salad or pizza every now and again he's always he's always out and about he's you know I and then for a while I used to run a recording studio under the Sunset Marquee Hotel it's, mm-hmm. it's now called Nightbird Studios at the time it was unnamed and um Slash and my boss were good friends so I I think I first met him at the Cat Club he'd always. Be around and about um, Randy Castillo's funeral after party. Hung out at his house okay. with him. Um, Sunset Marquee. My boss Jed Lieber and him. He came to Jed and, and wanted help with the Guitar Hero. That he did. Okay. So he came in every day and worked for however long it took them to write that and score that and get that all, put that all together because Jed was a master at scoring. You know, to picture, which is a little different way of writing and recording. Okay. So. Um, They came in and they worked on that together. And uh, you know, so I just just always kind of seen him around here and there. And um, his band members and the conspirators, Brent Fitz is an old dear friend. So um, he always, you know, would be like, Slash, look at the girls, watch this video, check them out. (laughs) And uh, then I I took all the girls to a show. Once um, with the conspirators, and, and they got to meet Slash. And it was so cute because he was, you know, he had his line of people signing stuff by the buses. And oh, we, we waited in the line and got up,
3: and he saw us and was like, Oh my God, you girls are Paradise Kitty. I love your
1: band. Yeah, he was like, so Cool.
2: That's he's awesome.
3: signing, and he's he's looking down, you know, and, he, goes, hmm, and he, he looks up, he's like, You're the Paradise Kitty girl. <laughs> I I said there I'm like holy fucking shit. I'm sorry, I probably can't no, curse you can, on this. Can no, I can't. Okay. I was I was like I was beside myself. I had never met him before. I was beside myself just like oh my god, slash knows who we are. Slash knows who I am. He's like That's you're the cute. singer. And I I just I kind of I didn't freak out. I just sat there going Hi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that had to have been just too surreal. It was,
3: it was so cool. And after we left, I mean, it's a rare occasion that I get starstruck, but that's a, that's a,
2: that's one of your heroes,
3: right? Oh yeah. So we're leaving and we're walking away, and I'm like, okay, can anybody see me, girls? No, and I just get on the floor and I start crying. Like, oh. oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Flash no who we were, and like in the parking lot, cute. in tears. It was so cool. It was cute. I like but that.
1: But he also um, his where he rehearses in L.A. is literally, it's like a little side alleyway street, and there's rehearsal rooms on either side, like different structures and studios and stuff. And his room that he has his lockout in is literally right across, like my window to my drum room stares at his room. So,
0: Mm.
1: and and for years, I mean, I've rehearsed in that building on and off for years. So with my old band, we'd be in there rehearsing and we'd stop rehearsing and in the room right next door to us was Steven Adler because Steven Adler's bandmates had gotten us that art, the rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. So you'd hear Steven Adler playing a song, and then Steven would stop, and you'd hear Slash across across the this, this little alleyway playing the That's same a... <laughs> song. So it was just kind of crazy. So, you know, when I was in there learning the songs, I was, I was kind of embarrassed because I'm like, you know, my drum room is the only room with a window, so that it booms down the street, so you could hear what I'm playing. And I'm like, I'm like hacking through this song, trying to learn something, and like, I wonder if they're out there listening. I'm embarrassed. But <laughs> <So, laughs> I'd always see them in the parking lot or, you know. Always, Brent would pop over and say hi, or he'd pop over there and say hi to them.
2: Because I wasn't asked since you knew some of these people before. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you knew about the reunion through a source. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Just I've worked in music forever, so I always know all the business people that, sure, that, sure. that got stuff
2: going on. Uh, but did you ever anticipate this reunion ever happening?
1: Um, that was, that's my You know what? This affection. is an interesting story. I don't think I've ever even told you this, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Um, so this friend of mine who runs political campaigns, he is, like, the guy that comes in and, like, will fix and work an entire political campaign. And he does it internationally, so he'll, like, go to Africa and help a someone become the head of state or something, you mm-hmm. know? So um, he called me once and was like, I want, he's like, I have this idea to make the Guns and Roses reunion happen. And he wanted to do this, like, fan-driven campaign for no money to help the guys get their shit together and get back together. Okay. So he wanted to do this fan driven campaign, and I kind of helped him like come up with some ideas for it where it was like, you know, people send in videos and do stuff of like, what would you do for a GNR reunion? Like, instead of like, what would you do for a Klondike Sure. Bar, what would you do for a GNR reunion? And he started like compiling stuff to put together this whole like media campaign to petition the guys to reunite. And it was so cool. So I told nice. him, like, I'll help you. I just, I think this is a cool idea. And then I started hearing little. Little whispers about a real reunion happening. And I told them, I was like, stop your campaign, man. (laughs) (laughs) Stop your campaign. Don't waste your time. It's going down.
2: (laughs) Crazier things have happened. I mean, I think the internet got uh, Betty White to host host, uh, SNL. So you never know.
1: Yeah. There you go. Okay. And there wasn't, did you guys see that thing with all those fans? Like, I think it was like in some Nordic region that they wanted the Foo Fighters to play. So, oh yeah oh, th-
2: that happened right yeah so, so it
1: was like i think that was in italy it, it was like a whole park full of people that sang a foo fighters song like they all, all the fans just turned up a couple thousand people yeah hit, they came up and, sang and asked them to come play i mean that's, that's 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 cool that's cool to have that access to your to your fan base yeah. that used to not be available to musicians you yeah. know
2: oh well, absolutely
1: and that access to your rock stars for fans you know it's kind of cool
2: but you uh Aside from the, the campaign, campaign and when you yeah. heard that it was going to happen, you never thought, again, not in this lifetime.
1: Um, I thought. As at someone some who grew point, up on it. I thought know. at some point it might. Okay. I thought it, it would. I prayed. <laughs> I didn't
0: prayed we that all, it would. <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> I, thought, I
1: mean, you know, I, I've spent so much time with the wizard behind the curtain on so many different projects. I know that anything's possible. <laughs> for, for 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 the for the right amount and with the right team and with the right pitch, anything's possible.
2: That's why I'm still. I mean, I'm still shocked that Led Zeppelin hasn't done something. You know, more mm. than just that one reunion show in uh, the O2 Arena. Yeah. Because I'm like, if Guns N' Roses could happen, if Pink Floyd happened that one time, you know, the Eagles, Hell froze over. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see. This was the reunion I cared about the most, though. Of course.
3: Yeah. I was hoping that they write a new album. Yeah. Now, now I'm no longer praying for the reunion. I'm praying for a new album. Well, I, don't, it I don't know if that amazing. will happen.
1: It, it might be like a live album or something like that. I don't, or like
3: I a, just want something. an alternate version.
1: But I don't know if they would. I don't know if they'd do that. That would be so cool. though. Well, what do I'll you get, think about that? Do you think they'll do
2: it? I'll yeah. get your thoughts. Um, actually, I'll, I'll compliment the end of that with you play more than just Appetite, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then this is actually part of uh, the Shotgun news I was going to mention. <laughs> news. <laughs> It makes you laugh. It does. So that one hilarious. listener has a problem with me pressing sound buttons. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so last night they came back to uh, North America. They mm-hmm. played in Philly and they added two Chinese democracy songs. Oh. Uh, Madagascar, which mm-hmm. they have not played, I think, since 2001. It might be the last time. Because uh, I... Because I'm going to the garden, it's where it's, they're playing at the garden this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I saw them at the garden in 02 with Buckethead and Stinson mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, so they play Madagascar then, and a song that I have been dying to hear live. But again, it's Chinese democracy, and that would be there was a time. Mm. That they played uh, twat. I don't know if that's is that okay for me to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Never know.
1: Most <laughs> women. Well, I mean, rock and roll girls. You can't offend yeah. us. <laughs> what about the word
2: moist? Usually, women don't like the word moist. Yeah. You
1: know, I don't know why people don't like that word. I mean, I, moist
3: isn't a bad thing. <laughs> no.
2: I think I don't even think of women. I usually think of like you know Duncan Hines like chocolate cake or
3: something. <laughs> moist cake. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Why, but my my word. My word that throws me off is elbow. I mean, not that I don't like it. It's elbow. Just, elbow. It, yeah. It's just a weird word to say. Elbow.
2: Whoa. All right. <laughs>
3: <Hold on>.
2: so, <laughs> All right. You'll never be in a band called Elbow. No. So I guess with that, I, I mean, there are rumors, of course. So we try to touch base on all the rumors and get through, hey, th- uh, if the fact or this is fake news or whatever it is, you know, there are rumors of seeing Slash in re- the recording studio. I guess find it very curious that they keep seem to be uh, adding uh, Chinese songs and they're not adding, you know, older user Illusion one, two. I mean, maybe spots here and there. Hmm. I would still like to think that they're going to make new music because this is it's still going. Mm-hmm. And this could be an easily um, I mean, there are talks about it could be a billion dollar tour when it's all said and done. I mean, it's almost halfway there already. Yeah. God bless him. So I don't know if he's forcing this Chinese not forcing it because it's still getting received well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he's still forcing the Chinese democracy stuff in uh, live because he guess he wants to to continue. To I think mm-hmm. he maybe has unreleased material from the Chinese era. And now he needs, you know, he does. He needs Slash well, and Duff to work on it. You
1: know what? I, I think, you know, just knowing the process of making an album, especially the way bands used to make albums, it's changed a lot. But you write 40 songs to make an album for 12. Yeah. You know, so you end up with 40 songs on the board, and you pick and pull pieces, and you use what's strongest, and you rewrite, and you rework, and you pick your 12 best babies to put on the album. And um, so, you know... Every one of those guys, top to bottom, has songs that they haven't used. Sure. So it's just you know a matter of whether they're going to use them or not, or whether they're going to write differently, or you know.
2: It's going to be interesting. I I was paying attention to the solo from uh from Twat because that's, you know, Buckethead. I mean I had I had never heard of him before, mm-hmm. uh, Guns, and he, uh, he's just incredible. And that's one of my favorite solos under the GNR brand. Nice. And Slash played it. Just like Buckethead, mm-hmm. but when he the, the Chinese democracy, um, the 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 song itself, or or better, they, he kind of switches it up a little bit, makes it his own. So it, mm-hmm. it's just I'm I'm just glad that they're you know mom and dad are back together, and, <laughs> you know uh,
1: divorce uh, is off. <laughs> yes,
2: and the whole, whole
1: family's under one roof.
2: I know they they if they hate each other, I don't know how you play three and a half hours together. I don't know how you do that. Like could you uh, either of you? Because you mentioned you know certain.
1: Well, I mean, I think Wait, the, the, say- the playing together for three and a half hours, it, it it's one thing because you're on stage and you're it's it's different. But I mean, the part that would be difficult would be like the backstage, getting off stage, getting on the yeah. tour bus, getting in the plane,
3: getting, you know. But you know, how can they have such a history? It's like. It's like when um, you break up with somebody and then time passes and then so much time passes. Like bands are like relationships. Yeah. You know, like Mormon relationships, (laughs) polygamous relationships. But, um, you know, over time you stop you stop remembering all the bad stuff and you start really going back to the good things, you know, so you stop hating the person that you. Broke up with you. Start remembering them for the good things that they brought to you, and I think that that might have been something that's largely in part to this. Like they knew there was a lot of money that would be in this tour that would it would help that out. And then on top of that, there's songs like you want to play these songs again. You want to play them with the original players because they're, they're the people who who understood what was going on at that time when it was written. I don't know where I'm going off with this. but
1: Well, and, and also yeah. people mature. You grow yeah.
3: up. You change. You aren't, like, you know,
0: right. I'm sure
1: Slash at 40 wasn't the same guy he was at 20. Yeah. Oh,
0: and, absolutely. And
2: you,
1: you just grow up, you change, you mature. And, you know, and sometimes... You know, more mature people get along better than
3: immature people. Axel looks so yeah. happy up on stage.
1: these yes, days, Yes, right. And
2: that's, you know, and I hate to be, you know, a Guns N' Roses, a social justice warrior, but whenever I see people online, is he late again? You know, just like all these negative things, I'm like, he has being a Boy Scout. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. smiling. If anything, he's early uh, to these shows, so it's um, it's really nice to see. And we we've spoken about, especially on the show, especially with all the people dying now in rock, mm-hmm. whether it's Natural causes or by, unfortunately, by their own hand. I mean, people need this kind of environment. We talked about um, the environment last year when I went to uh, Giant Stadium or MetLife Stadium. Uh, and just the environment was so positive and happy in you know, all age groups. And, it's like, and so that's what I would like this podcast to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, yeah. the, we're the Guns N' Roses trampoline. You like them in any facet, jump awesome. on, right. see awesome. where we go. But we have a mutual love. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's fine. You know. can,
1: can I tell you the, the best feeling vibe show I have seen probably since I was 15
2: was the Troubadour show. So you went opening night. Their their the reunion show.
1: Yeah. Well, so uh, we we knew the troubadour show was going to happen. Okay. And um, it was a question of how do we get in, and um, it was it <laughs> it's kind of funny because you know L A small town again everyone knows everyone so with a few select friends we were bartering information about the show because you didn't want to just tell everyone the information you had because who knows if only fifty people were being let in and yeah. your friends got in but you didn't because you gave them your oh, well, your. Right. your information so we would carefully trade and barter info (laughs) so I had a friend who knew Slash's dad's gardener. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And he was saying, oh, no, the show is going to happen on this day. It's going to be a small club show. And then I knew someone else who knew this and someone else who knew that. And we were like, we would carefully, tra- well, what did you hear? Well, I don't know. What did you hear? Well, I mean, I heard that it might happen here. Well, I got some info. Well, I'll trade you for this info. So it would turn into this whole, like, <laughs> like it, it it was it was old school. The way, you know, like, you know, when bands in, back in Hollywood used to jump on a rooftop and play. And it was, it was kind of, it had this really throwback old school vibe to it that was super super cool and um, you know we found out about it and and saw people starting to line up outside of the old tower records and they they plastered the sides with GNR stuff Mm -hmm. I mean I think I was the sixth person in line
2: oh wow okay and because that's because I was on watching on Periscope and mm -hmm, Twitter refreshing Twitter feeds yeah um, you know just hoping it wasn't because it was in April 1st it was April 1st so I was hoping it was not a joke
1: no. So so there was and you know and we were all wondering cuz like everyone like at that point I knew it was going to be at the Troubadour for sure. And um there was people lining up at the Troubadour as well, but they wouldn't be papering the side of a building of the Tower Records building with GNR stuff if it wasn't something wasn't going to happen there. And then Fernando came out and then like you know came and saw us all and told us you you guys are in the right spot. Like don't, <laughs> don't don't be running back and forth. You guys are good. Claim your sidewalk spot. And um we all I mean, my bass player came down, like none of the other girls can make it because of work schedules and stuff, mm-hmm. but my bass player came down and um, we camped, we sat awake on Sunset Boulevard all night long. I mean, I got in line, like we. Like nine, ten o'clock at night, the night, the day before.
2: Okay. So you, did you sleep?
1: No. I mean, how do you sleep on a side? I mean, I, I, I have a uh, hard enough time sleeping in a hotel room with, you know, a, a alarm clock light keeping me awake. But I've, if
2: you were trading, if you knew about this, trading information, like, and I thought you meant this by the old days, you were trading, like, a chicken for, you know, uh
1: yeah, No, no, we did. We, no, no, listen, we t- traded information to get to that point of right. waiting so in I, I,
2: I didn't know if you traded so, information for a sleeping bag. <laughs> no,
1: well, I mean, my friend, friend, some people turned up with stuff. I, I had to work that night, so I came straight from work and ran down the street. Friends hold, held my spot for me. And we, uh, it, but the thing that was so cool was the sense of community that happened in that line. You know, someone ran to the liquor store, bought a bottle of Jack and just passed it down the line. (laughs) Someone went to the pizza store and came back with pizzas and passed them down the line. Everyone was just sharing everything and helping each other and we sat there. It wasn't until 2 p.m. the next day that they let us in to get our tickets. So we had all been awake all night on a street corner Like sitting literally on Sunset Boulevard, the cops came and were like, we wish we could hang out with you guys. This is fun. (laughs) People are turning up with six packs of beers, handing them down the line, which in LA liquor laws laws are really strict and like you can go to jail for having an open container on the street corner. You can't
2: do that in New York. The
1: the, the cops are sitting there and they're like, go for it, you guys. Just go for it, man. Just go (laughs) for it. So we all sat there. We drank together. We ate together. We hung out together. And then we all got our tickets and it was only 200 people that were allowed in that were were fans and 200 friends and family. And we we went to the show, none of us had slept. I went home and tried to sleep, I had like three hours to sleep, but I kept waking up every 30 minutes afraid that I had slept past my time. Mm. This happened to all of us. So we all just said, screw it, let's go meet at the Rainbow and have dinner. So we went to the Rainbow and had dinner and uh, went down to the Troubadour and it was, I wish I wasn't so delirious from not sleeping but it, it just we were in it and you got there and they made you put away your cell phones Yeah. and so it was the first show I had been to since I was a kid where people actually watched the show and you weren't watching the th- show through the back of someone's yeah. cell phone in your way mm-hmm. so it just felt so old school so organic and the sense of community on that floor of the troubadour because the troubadour is small these are all the people that we drank and ate together all night long and we all we, yeah. we all kind of Went through the trenches together, and now we're here at the show. And it was just a sense of unity that, like, we were all there in it together, and it was so freaking beautiful. That's awesome. And it was so cool, and the energy was just so amazing, that like I don't know, it was just it was there was nothing like it. It was really truly amazing.
2: That is that's awesome, and you were there too, Jenna. Unfortunately, or no. I you, was, you had to work. No, I was
3: sick. I was so I, I had like a hundred and four fever for two days. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so I'm sitting there as they're all texting and showing me pictures. Every waiting in line, I'm are there going, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> while <Well, laughs> you're dying on
2: the inside. Oh more... <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm sitting there dying and crying while everybody else is there watching the show. When I, I, it's one thing, I truly, I, I wish. I would have just gone like, yeah, screw it. I'm just gonna. I'll be even more sick. I'll go to the hospital. I don't care. But
1: it, it was it was amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing. And like you know, someone I met in line, they just come down with a, an armload of t-shirts. They're like here, I bought a t-shirt for everyone. Take them. Like you know, like, it was just, <laughs> cool. like, there was just it was when people work together. It's just so beautiful, and it was just this sense of unity and family and community that was just awesome, and the show was amazing, and I gotta tell you, I know Axel broke his foot that night.
2: Did you notice when that happened? I saw
1: him trip as he walked on stage. I mean, I was three feet away from him when it happened, but I had no clue he had broken his foot because, like a champion, he went through the rest of that damn set with not letting on for once. I saw him like hop on his other foot once or twice, but I, I had no idea he had screwed himself up until afterwards. We were supposed to go hang out with him at his hotel suite party, and um, one of my friends that's, that's close with him, she was like, he's in the hospital. He broke his ankle really bad. He's, he has to have surgery tonight. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, I had no clue. I saw him trip as he walked on the stage. It happened as he was getting on stage. Did
2: it, okay. I thought it was when I mean not like it really matters, but it might have been like after Mr. Brownstone oh, I well, or like maybe, when maybe, he jumped off the, like I think he jumped after Mr. Brownstone. Well, then maybe maybe I maybe, maybe, I just whatever.
1: maybe I just thought he did it when he because stu- he stumbled walking on stage, so I thought that's where it had happened because right. maybe he had, loosened
2: up the bones.
1: I had <laughs> I had no clue during the rest of the set that anything was wrong. Mm. And they played a really long set.
2: Yeah. They did, so you were up close, because one of our friends, uh, yeah. who's from L.A., uh, Art Tavana, he used to write for uh, L.A. Weekly, and he writes for Playboy a lot. He said he was yeah. the only one who was allowed to cover when uh, the show from oh, Inside cool. the Troubadour. So well, that's, that's cool. So that's like the only true inside. I don't think, have we spoken to anybody else who's been to the Troubadour? I don't think so. It's the only yeah, I was, I was kind
1: of, I was stage right, two people st- back.
2: Did you see Steven there? Because he was supposed to be no, there. No, Steven,
1: Steven didn't come. Steven was having some back issues at that time or something, I think
2: because he, he he was supposed to there, was, was, a, there was a couple
1: people right. that were supposed to play with them and they, they didn't they, it was just those guys they did their thing
2: then what do you think about because uh, Steven's still having the, the back issues and uh, and this will be the last time I play you know uh, the soundbite news <laughs> Uh, Gene R recently, excuse me, uh, Steven Adler recently just said that he wants to play with Guns Roses again. Uh, I love those guys, and it was great playing with them last year. If they ever let me do it again, I would definitely jump at it. I would do uh, do it just to get a hug from them. Aww. So, and that's, he's that's,
3: such a teddy bear. He really is a sweetheart.
2: <laughs> so what do you think about, you know, he's he came out, I think um, our, one of our buddies, our uh, podcast buddies, Mitchell Fon, he went on his podcast mm. saying that you know, he seemed like bitter that he only got to do one show or one song on these shows or a couple songs, or he flew mm-hmm. out to Argentina to do one. Uh, and he had some interesting comments to say about Frank. So I don't know if you... Who
1: who did? Steven had yeah. interesting comments to say? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I think that that's really not a great way to get back in there and play more songs.
2: No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, I think
1: that's always been kind of kind of the, um, the crux of their issues with Steven is when he when he starts shooting off at the mouth and they get upset about that so I mean I don't know I I don't want to go too deep into that but like love Stephen think he's a sweetheart and hopefully they sort it out and they let him they let him be a part of what he helped create if not I'm sure they have their reasons why they aren't yeah. so and and I, I'm not deep enough in that camp to um, speculate on any of that oh to be honest. sure
2: I'm just uh, curious as far as what you think about the reunion because it's the reunion of three. It's not Izzy. It's not Steven. I, I
1: think I, I heard Izzy didn't want to do it.
2: The, the thing. I, that,
1: don't, I don't know what what the verdict is on that. But
2: the as far as the, the most recent information that that's out there, uh, Axel and Duff did Brazilian TV, I think, late last year, and they brought up Izzy, and Axel was something about. You know, Izzy's Izzy, you know, sometimes he's in, sometimes he's out, and then out of all the mediums, like he's the president of our country, he uh, Izzy decides to tweet out uh, that it was not—it was about, like, not getting a fair share of the take. I guess he wanted hmm. to be split five ways. Hmm. So uh, we've had yeah. lots of discussions with lots of people, Stevie Rochelle, um from yeah. from Tough and uh, Metal but and he brought up a really good comment saying it may not just be about the money, it could be about where we play it could be about set lists it could be about all the memorabilia it could or, be, you or it know. could be
1: about like being happy where you are in your life and not wanting to step back into the madness yeah
2: but they're saying that izzy wanted to do it but he wanted to do it for more money
1: but who knows i mean uh, exactly. unless, unless izzy's the one that says that like we only got knows? that through uh, a, everyone a, has a tweet their, yeah, we only a, got
2: something like that through
1: everyone has their opinion on it you know i saw izzy play once and it was after that same, you know, so the funeral that I had gone to Slash's house after was our friend Randy Castillo, who played with Motley Crue and Ozzy for many years, a drummer. And um, and Randy's one of the reasons why I play drums, and he's an old friend, and we, it was a very sad, sad thing to lose him. But um, they had a memorial show for him at the Key Club, and they had all these guys sit in and play, like Steven Tyler sang, and all these guys jammed together, and it was to, like, raise money to pay for his funeral and all that good stuff. And... um it was at that show. Izzy sat in and played at that show. It was the only time I've ever seen him play live, and that yeah. was cool. But um, And it's the only time I've ever crossed paths with him, too. I've never, like, as it's, it's easy elusive. as it is to, to run into everyone in Hollywood, it's the only time I've ever.
2: Oh, ever yeah, no, paths we, with we've him. done episodes on Izzy, and then uh, our buddy Art Devon, who I mentioned before, did yeah. a whole. Uh, he won an award for his article about Izzy uh, from LA Weekly. And wow. He, he met everybody except for Izzy, Izzy.
1: the elusive. Elusive. Yeah,
2: just really well-researched piece. He said the only thing he didn't want to do was knock on Izzy's door, so he just left like a note in his mailbox. Don't and go never...
0: knocking
2: on Izzy's <laughs> door. Oh, I'm surprised that joke didn't come to me earlier. I like that. That's funny.
1: It's one we use frequently about different yeah. things.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um,
1: so but, that... but but so it was at that show that started Velvet Revolver. because so all those guys were like, well, this is cool. Let's do something. Okay. So that that began Velvet Revolver. which was interesting. But um, if anyone out there does know how to get a hold of Izzy, we'd love to have him come play with us. (laughs) Have him come guest. (laughs) If anyone (laughs) could find Izzy, where is Izzy? I had someone tell me, though, that back in the day, and I don't remember, it could have been Stevie that said this to me, actually. Stevie Rochelle. But he said, um, someone said to me, they're like, well, back in the day, that's kind of how it was. Is, is it was like when Guns N' Roses started? It was Izzy's band. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's Izzy's band," and you'd go to watch him play, and Izzy would only turn up fifty percent of the time. So everyone would go to watch Izzy's band, but everyone knew that there's fifty percent chance Izzy's just not going to show. <laughs> but everyone else will play without him. So I, I don't know how true that is, but this was someone that back on the strip in the day used to go see him all the time, and that was their take on it. I so.
2: believe Stevie, and that's just now. That... I mean, I don't.
1: I, that may or may not have been Stevie that said that to me. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I, I want to say it may have been him. Could have been someone else, but. It uh, yeah, so it was just kind of like Izzy was like he turned up when he wanted, he showed when he wanted to.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of um, I don't know if you do you know uh, Raz Q as well? No. He uh, managed L.A. Guns at uh, when he was 19, and he got Axel to be the first lead singer of L.A. Guns for like five yeah. five shows. We interviewed him. Uh, a oh, this is
0: when
1: Tracy and Axel. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. couple
2: episodes ago, and it, again, just like you know, because he was talking about the young Izzy days, and it's just interesting how what uh, became Axel's. Um, aura of us being laid and not showing up seems to have stemmed from Izzy.
1: Oh, interesting. Maybe.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just again, we, we break it down. We break down everything on this show yeah. because you know, how, we, we could talk about Guns Roses as long it's, as it's possible. Like, it's like
1: pulling out of Van Gogh and going, why do you think he used that shade of ochre?
2: Yes. And
1: Van Gogh's like, well, it's because that's all I had in my tempera palette at the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There could be no meaning behind
2: it. Absolutely. absolutely. He's like,
1: like, well, you know, I, I ran out of the other one. So I just said, screw it. This will work.
2: <laughs> so if you've never seen, if that was the one time you saw Izzy... Live. Had you never seen Izzy or uh, Guns N' Roses live in, uh, in there? No. So I was wh- too young. Okay. And,
1: and you know, I was too young and I was a huge rock and roll fan, and I lived in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. So the only chance I would have had to see them was on the Use Your Illusion tours. Mm-hmm. And my parents are not going to let their grade school daughter go with <laughs> friends on a six hour drive to a show where there's been riots at every show.
2: This is That's true. That's not going to happen. This is true. No way in hell. What about Rose and Roses? As D. Snyder likes to call it, you know, when it was Axel and Buckethead and DJ Ashba. Um, the,
1: the old, I only saw that once, and that was
3: at
2: the show the, the in Vegas. The show in
1: Vegas, yeah. yeah. I saw it yeah. once at the
3: at the and Coliseum. It, was that the Coliseum? Um, in I Yeah, I, also, I saw I once in L. A. with Ashba.
0: Okay. Well, they, they, they did they did and, all that stuff up at okay. the um,
3: at the Universal Amphitheater. It's probably where you saw him. No, I didn't see I him, didn't him at the Universal. That? No, because uh, um, who was opening?
1: And up? it wasn't that I didn't want to see. I wanted to see it. It just Time tickets, you know, it just, oh, it just sure. didn't work out. Didn't work out that way. So okay.
3: yeah, I saw them, and that was the that was the tour where Steel Panther was opening up for them. And yeah, no, it was it was Coliseum. Yeah. I, think. I saw the
1: Vegas show, and yeah. that was that was that was it was they sounded great. I mean, the Vegas show when they came out and they sang, I heard because you know we were on the balcony overlooking the stage, and it was um, I think it was like at the Hard Rock or something like that, and not the Hard Rock. It was yeah, it was it the Hard Rock, at the joint. And um, I heard inflections in Axel's voice I'd never heard before, and I talked with him about that afterwards. I was like, "Your voice is like you know, hitting the notes he hits. It, it's not easy for singers to continue hitting those notes throughout time. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Perry can't sing like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's a it's a part of your body. It's not like if you could go buy a new drum kit. It's, right. It's really you know, it's it's not that easy for singers to keep their voice in good shape, and." Um, I heard these tones and these sounds in Axel's voice that made it richer than I had heard before. And I talked to him about it afterwards. I was like, I heard heard you busting out some stuff tonight that like you were hitting certain things that I don't know how to describe it, but it was really awesome. And there was like these new tones in your voice, this new like warmth to certain ranges that was really phenomenal. And um, he was like, "Thank you so much." He's like, I, "I worked really hard prepping for this run, so I did like a lot of a lot of vocal exercises and worked with a coach a lot." He was like, "So thank you for noticing that because I worked really hard on that." And I was like, "Well, I could definitely hear it. It was fun. He sounded great."
2: You can tell. And uh, I, I, another analogy could be if you're—I use sports analogies a lot. Where if you're like a power pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's known for like throwing 95, 100 mm-hmm. miles per hour, you get older. And then you have to kind of change the way that you pitch. You have to be yeah. a precision picture. You have to hit the corners. So that's how I look at Axel because we've been on this again. Another topic we've discussed on the show are just, you know, the people who complain, you know, if he doesn't sound the same or, you know, because I, I just saw Danzig for the first time and I loved it. But one of my friends who I went with, he's like, he needs to retire.
1: Was that the Vegas show?
2: Uh, no, he just played out oh, on Long okay. Island. Because so. I know
1: he just played Vegas and he was really sick and he could barely sing. So. Okay. But but that's the thing, is like, you know.
2: I still enjoyed it. Like,
1: listen, Jen and I had fun in New York City last night. I sound like crap today because I drank a lot last <laughs> night. So, you know, it, it just it happens. But you're not the singer. It, I, I, I'm not the singer. So I'm allowed to do that. But, you know, I've heard some people talk about on these tours. I've seen. I saw the show in Vegas. I saw two shows in LA, I saw San Diego, and I saw The Troubadours. I've seen five shows on this tour.
0: Oh wow, okay. And
1: um, you know, uh, I've heard people say, you know, like, oh, Axel sounded like crap this night. And I'm like, even at his worst, he doesn't sound like crap for one. Right. And he still sounds better than 99% of the singers out there. The man has a set of pipes on him and he knows how to use them. And not only that, but like, when you're night after night after night singing two and a half hour sets, in those ranges, he sings in. Every once in a while, your vocal cords get a little tired, and sometimes you might have a rough night, or you're in Vegas and it's really dry, and your vocal cords aren't lubricated, or you haven't drank enough water, or little things like that make a difference for your vocal cords. Yep. Jenna can explain better than I can, but
3: yeah, it, it's you know, it's a compromise of sleep and your diet and and enough intake, and it's all also the. The surroundings—it's definitely like if you're in Vegas, if it's too dry, that's that's the worst place to sing. I, I, I hate I hate playing shows in Vegas because the smoke and the dry air. So you it's know? it's like people that like you know you know I've I've heard
1: it here and there feeling like well Axel didn't sound great and I'm like he still sounded pretty I think damn he sounded great. Screw fantastic. you! Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> if he was at ninety percent instead of hundred and ten percent, go suck it. <laughs> you know, like he's allowed to have that. You oh, know, sure, because that's a that's a. I mean, every time I saw them, I've been so surprised how long the sets were. That is, that's exhausting.
2: Yeah. Oh my, it's, like,
1: like that's exhausting. As a drummer, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> The only people, I think
2: the only like acts that do a show like that are him and Springsteen. And yeah. when Springsteen, you know, half the set is like the East Street Band is going Jammin'. crazy. Yeah. 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 And uh, no, I'm just waving hi to my friend. Oh. That's okay. I was
1: like, I was like oh, we're getting the axe.
2: Oh no no. No, <laughs> no! One
1: more song, we're pulling the plug. No, that's my my friend. <laughs> no to- encore tonight.
2: That's my friend uh, Tony, who I used to work with yeah. over at uh, W O R. bunch cool. of state different stations here. Yeah. Uh, and actually, that leads me to one of the things I was I was here on Saturday because uh, Demi Lovato did a show because mm-hmm. uh, okay. it's a little theater downstairs, and she did not have it in, in uh, her voice. Like it actually cracked uh, a couple times, and we had to dump out because she went high, and she (laughs) cursed, fuck! And uh, we, we were live on the radio, so we dumped <laughs> out. And, um, but it was an honest performance. Uh, yeah. You know, she's like, my vocals are tired. The, the, the audience didn't care. You know, we love you, whatever. And that's somebody, she can sing.
3: Yeah,
1: she's yeah, a trained singer, singer. singer.
2: So, I mean, if that's happening to Demi Lovato, who's in her what, early 20s. It's happened 20s. to
1: every singer. Yeah,
2: of course. You know? But it's just the world that we live in. So I guess, because I don't want to keep you guys here uh, too long, because I know you have like all these meetings and stuff in, yeah. in New York. Do you get that a lot, as far as hate on? Because social media is just the fucking worst. And and being an all female band, uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter, do people skip past your talent and just see you know what you look like? Because you're all very attractive women, if I may say.
1: I I have to say, from being in other female bands in the past, that people would be like, they have a hard time believing you can look good and sound good. But I think that's changing a lot, and people are getting a little more. You know, they're getting better
3: with the, that. The world for female musicians is so much broader these days than it was when both of us were coming up in, in the business, you know, like yeah. back in the in the 90s and early millennium, it, it was hell trying to find another female player. And she was she did the all female band for a long time. I This yeah. is my first all female band oh, I've okay. ever done. So and it's largely in part because if it, it's for every 10 musicians, you'll have one that's a female you know, at least back then. Now, you see girls coming in early, girls in their early 20s and they're shredding and they're flying all over they're Like it's, It's been an uprise in female musicianship and just, players now that it, it's really helped us out with this band Yeah, you know when we have to find somebody to fill in every now and then we have a we have a good pool
2: of girls to pull from you know yeah i was just yeah. watching your uh one of your uh, videos of welcome to the jungle because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them up mm-hmm. there but uh your guitarist she shreds like she's insane. all of them
1: we, we've been through a number we've of, had a few of them
2: well I, I watched a recent one a okay. recent one the, yeah
1: with little ariel yes, <laughs> yes. yeah she loves her she's, she she goes for it, and yeah. She goes for it, and and like the work ethic and the girls that are coming up is really awesome. Yeah, like,
3: it's no longer oh you're good enough for a girl or you you yeah. play pretty good for a girl. It's like this girl smokes any of the guys out there, you know.
2: It's just surprising this conversation still happens because it yeah. just uh, last week I know it's old news, but it's first time I've been on the air since. But Cam Newton from the Panthers, mm-hmm. do you remember that? It was like a news story everywhere, not just in sports uh, stations, but. A uh, female reporter asked him a question about running routes, and he smiles. He's like, "A female asking about running routes? That's that's funny." And he had to, you know, right? I had oh, this, oh, really. Um, I'm not a, again. I'm not a, one of these social justice. You know, I yeah. I'm I'm okay as far as people being offended. You know, I'm yeah. handicapping Jewish, and there's enough to make fun of me about. <laughs> uh, but he gave an apology, but it was more of like, "I'm sorry, I offended you, or so or somebody." It wasn't understanding what you said that it's it's equal. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, she c- couldn't play in the NFL because that's just the way it is but you're still intelligent enough to know it rats. And It's the same thing yeah. for, for you ladies. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't know. so that was just a thought uh, that, that came to my mind because I would just Cause you, you're all, you're very talented, and sometimes the people say, "Oh, play it," you know, or, or, or "No, take it off on stage." None of that oh, happens. that, that yeah. that's gonna that's probably gonna eternally happen. Some jerk going, "Take it off," and
3: I usually follow up with, "How about you show us your tits? are bigger than mine." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that 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 unfortunately is still the world we live in to a degree. But you know, I. I Try not to focus on that. you know. I really believe what you water grows, so I try not to water the weeds, and I focus on the people that don't have that perspective, and okay. yeah. water the roses, the guns and roses, if you will.
2: There you go. <laughs> no, I like it. See, out of all the sound buttons, I don't have a <laughs> Oh,
1: man. I got to help you with that. I'll get you one. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah. Drum. Just have
3: Rachel in here for your next podcast.
2: <laughs> I should do that. With a <laughs>
3: little <laughs> cocktail drum.
1: Hey, if this
2: ever gets televised, you can be like uh, my Fred Armisen to uh, Seth Meyers. <laughs> nice. Well,
1: what we should do is next time we come to New York, we should come have the girls like grab an acoustic guitar and come here and do a couple acoustic songs. Together. I was yeah, gonna ask if you.
2: I would. I, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna ask if it was more than just the two of you. Um, yeah. If you were gonna do that, but I didn't want to put too much on you too soon. So no, absolutely.
1: Oh well, next time we're in, next and we will New back York, soon, let's, let's sure. plan it and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll come in and we'll do like a little a little acoustic.
2: I love A little it. Little acoustic yeah. song for you. So before I, I let you ladies go, any um, anything you want to get across, any good stories that I've missed, I possibly did not pry enough to get.
1: Oh wait, you know I I, I can I can add one last thing to our last discussion about about being girls doing this. Um, so when this band first started, uh, before we played our first show, word had already spread to Axel Camp about us putting together an all-girl GNR tribute, and the response was. I don't sound like a girl. Do they think I sound like a girl? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay. Well, I mean, I don't. Why do they think I sound like a girl? So, then we played our very first show after really only having one full rehearsal for this show. We played our first show, and some video popped up online, and then within two days, Axel was tweeting about us, telling people to come to our second show. Yeah, really. So, so that was a huge compliment.
2: I gotta find that to my lovely
1: singer here and her. In her, yeah, really.
3: Pipe. It was. No, I, I, that was another thing. I was actually. Did you the, cry again? Uh, yes,
0: <laughs>
3: I'm a crier. That's okay. and I was on the elliptical when, when when Rachel <laughs> sent me the. She sent me the text. She's all, Axel just tweeted about us and it, like. Holy I mean, crap!
1: We're guessing it was Axel because was on the official GNR page. You know. <laughs> well, no, it was
3: on his official, like his Twitter. His. Well, yeah, because he. Too. Th-
1: this was before the reunion was announced, and yeah. he, it, it was his.
3: GNR page that he like he oh yeah him and Nick that did it well um yeah but then I went back to the to um the official Axel Rose oh on, okay or, cool. like it was his like it's like W Bailey it's it's not even Axel Rose it's like his 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 private Twitter whatever and he tweeted our telling, our, tell our flyer to to telling people was, to
1: come to our our show which it was, was cool so cool so but that that to so. us because you know when we started this project one thing that the other thing that was so, not going to dress funny, not going to have funny names. I need to make sure that every girl in the band cops cops the right feel of every every player because each guy in G- <laughs>
2: Sorry. Jen is Squeezing Air boobs again. <laughs> it makes me
1: laugh.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to stop you from squeezing air boobs, it's fine.
1: Each guy in GNR has their own feel. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't play those feels right, mm-hmm. it's just not right. So musically it has to be authentic and spot on. So that was it and then um and then the other thing for me was that the GNR guys are cool with us doing this. Yeah. Mm. So because if they aren't, not doing it. it if these, these are their songs. This is their project. This is their yeah. brand. It's their music. And if they aren't like, go for it, have fun, then I don't want to be a part of it because I'm not here to step on their territory or to,
2: you know what I mean? I do, but that just shows you, like, you're a good person. I got to say that for you to even think that far out because it's just like, hey, I'm just doing this cover tribute band. It's not like you're licensing anything particular uh but some people don't care but uh, the yeah, fact that just, you, it's, you it's, care it's, it's and you
1: being are. it's being a fellow respectful musician you know yeah. like like this is what they built not us we're, we're fortunate that they're okay with us playing the songs so luckily they allow us to do it and that's cool and they're cool with it you know but and it, we're good you but know? it's
2: not like a uh, a bobby blotzer situation where you're using the name for your career you have no. your own thing no. No. Yeah. we're yeah. very
1: respectful not to step on like you know our our logo and stuff like that it's in the styling of guns N' roses but we don't ever do anything too close to step on their brand at all because you know that's that's what's paying them we don't want to get in the way of that at all so we do stuff that's cool and gnr related but we always try to make sure it it's more kitty than gnr
0: okay you know because
1: because we just want to respect you know we 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 respect these guys we appreciate what they've done and we just want to you know we don't want to step on that in any disrespectful way or overstep our boundaries you know
3: and from that they they've given us the thumbs up which is given it's hu- yeah huge it, it's compliment. a hu- it's a huge compliment and it's really helped us because the if they they see us and they like us and they're they're cool with us the fans are and yeah. and from that from the response that we've gotten from the band actually giving us the thumbs up the fans have been Ridiculous! They're just—they're the best. It's the best community of, of fan base in the world, and fortunately, they've welcomed us with open arms. So Which we feel
1: honored, yeah. to be a part of that and that they do that. So no,
2: grateful. That's amazing. It's mm-hmm. like uh, when I had Corey on from uh, Trivium, and mm-hmm. he was saying that he saw Slash on stage once wearing a Trivium shirt. He's like, they wouldn't—he wouldn't wear it if we sucked. They wouldn't give you your blessing if yeah. you sucked. Yeah. So that's and then uh, Trivium, that's incredible. Uh,
1: Elvis did that album, right? Elvis Basket was the producer who also did Slash's Mm -hmm. last two solo albums. Yes, yes, yeah.
2: Elvis, yeah, you know your stuff. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's good. it's paradisekittyband.com, and you are uh, how long is the, how many shows do you have left on this tour before you go home? Like
1: <laughs> we're never uh, going home. <laughs> if we go home, it's just to switch suitcases, do laundry, and get back out. Because right.
2: yeah. again, I, I'm, we're recording this on uh, the 9th, and I'm gonna put this up before mm-hmm. on the tenth. So if you're hearing, oh, this, fantastic! Yeah, because yeah, um, well, if they're
3: he- if they're hearing this uh, last, our last date for this short run is is the eleventh, right after the Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden, Garden show. Um, we're over if I'm Black. awake, I'll go. Yeah, we're at Blackthorn, so come on out. Blackthorn 51 up in Queens in Elmhurst. Yep. So if
1: you're around, come party with us. Like I said, you never know who might turn up and sit in. We already have some guests slated. Can't tell you who or what or why, but, you know, come down and party with us. It'll, it's it's always a fun party. It's a great way to end your night.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, oh, a couple other things. We have, Jenna and I decided that we have a little special present for anyone that comes to our shows wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt or a Paradise Kitty shirt. So come see us at the merch table and we have a little present that we have had made for anyone who turns up wearing their GNR shirts. Did you bring me a Paradise Kitty shirt? You know what? No, but you are wearing your GNR shirt, so I have a present for you on your purse.
2: Oh, Okay. In your purse? It's not Mace, is it? (laughs) Well, we are in New York, aren't we? You know, if you come
1: out to that show, though. You got one. Absolutely. It's yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was there any questions that anyone wrote in about that we want to answer really quickly? I didn't see in? any
3: online, but I've been talking instead of checking. So. <laughs> all
1: right, cool. Well, then let's, let's just wrap it up, and we'll save the yeah. questions for next time.
2: Because you guys are go uh, all across the country, so we yeah. have listeners all across the country. So, Love it. so it's, yeah. it's, it's prudent to everybody. Check,
1: check our check our website. Check our Facebook. And yeah. um, and we literally, in November, we're going east to west across the country. So come out and hang out with us. and. You know, and then in uh, we go back to LA and do some shows, and then in uh, February we're doing the Monsters of Rock cruise again in the okay. Caribbean. This one goes to Jamaica. We're going
3: to Jamaica, so that'll be fun. <laughs>
1: if you've never done the cruise, come out—it's a freaking blast. Yeah,
3: that's the—it's the biggest party festival. Who else is on, on that boat. cruise this year? Um, I think it's Lita Fort. Here, I'll pull Lita, it up.
1: Lita or... Doro. i got got tons of bands. It's, yeah, it's, let me you pull end it up with real like quick. thirty bands oh. on it,
2: and it's just a because they're always great lineups. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It, and it's a great community, and it's a yeah, great—it's just, yeah. just a party, man. It's this, just it, I mean,
3: you get to hang out with your favorite rock stars for a week. You're stuck on a boat with them, so <laughs> nowhere <laughs> <Yeah>. to go. <laughs> yeah, let's see. This next one—they have um, Queensrÿche, Tesla, Thunder, Lita Ford, Winger, um, British Lion, Lynch Mob, Loudness, Taiteto. A, a lot of '80s metal bands. Love that, it. Yeah. So it's and. And along with us, with our with our fellow awesome tributes, you know, we got the Atomic Punks and yeah. the Iron Maidens. Our girls, Iron Maidens, r- the we Rock love and Roll Residency. It. Those guys are awesome. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a party on a boat. So if you guys haven't gotten your cabins yet, get that because you don't want to miss it.
2: No. absolutely not. So again, uh, Appetite for Distortion. Episode 30. Dirty I
3: am... 30 with Paradise Woo! Kitty.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, and
2: I'm assuming, <laughs> meow, meow. and I'm assuming you knew what the original chorus to Paradise City was, right?
1: Uh, it was something really fucked up, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Take
2: me down to the Paradise City where the girls are fat and they got big titties. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that was Slash's idea. And they're like, oh, we can't do that.
1: <laughs> well, well we, we we sometimes every once in a while, Jenna will change a line to, why don't you just sing it?
3: Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are kitties. Oh, won't you please take me home?
2: I like it. Yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot like that. That's all right.
2: <laughs> so, Appetite for Distortion, episode 30. It's Brando. Thank you Dirty so 30. much Dirty to uh, with Paradise Kitty. <laughs> Genocide <laughs> Yeah and uh, yeah. Rachel Ryan from uh, Paradise <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> i was gonna get like cat sounds and i was like i'm gonna go overboard i'm glad you, you, you we play right. up the kitties yeah oh, yeah i love it i love it uh so thank <laughs> you so any final thoughts or any final uh, air boob grabs before uh, we go <laughs> well we'll probably get a few real ones in later but <laughs> um
1: no thank you so much for having us and and thanks to all of you out there for like being part of such an amazing community with yeah. us and allowing us to be a part of it so yep
2: And you know what? That sentiment is also expressed from uh, us here at Appetite for Distortion to all the listeners. I mean, the feedback is just incredible. I mean, listeners from all over the country and the world, uh, as we're continuing to... Do this podcast and just more and special guests down the road, and I'm very glad that you are in town this week.
3: Yeah, it worked out perfectly. Um,
2: yeah, I'm, I wanted to get an episode in before I, I potentially die. At, at, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> don't say that, don't no, say that. And
1: yeah, that, that's one other thing, is like love and healing to all the families on the Vegas situation. Yeah. I mean, that was just...
3: Uh, for for all the shows that have there's been a few shows that have been targeted in the last couple of years so you know yeah. what don't let that discourage you from going out and seeing your favorite rockers because because it doesn't discourage
1: you from getting in a car every day because someone got in an accident yeah. so no no out, no, no it doesn't
2: so I'm I'm going uh, the first show of this tour well this of this leg of the tour I went last year uh, to Giant Stadium now I'm going to the Garden we, with we one of my wait, brothers wait, wait.
1: we're going to be at the Garden like letting people know about our show afterwards but yeah. we might even get in you never know
2: all right, so. Well, if you do, let me know if you're there. Okay, right. Definitely, All right. sure. All right. Very cool. So, in the meantime, follow, uh, other than Paradise Kitty, follow uh, The AFD Show, at The AFD Show on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud, on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, of course. Please leave us a review. If you can leave us a, a negative review, try not to do it because I play too many sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, gonna, I'll do can, it can we get
1: that shotgun news one more time yeah. <laughs> okay. we like it
2: yeah. <laughs> news <laughs> actually and I'll, I'll, I'll do it next episode I was going to start a new segment here called uh, get in the ring and I've been thinking about this for a while. I had you just boi-
1: piss because Bob Gucci and he gets more pussy right. than you. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean,
2: <laughs> and I've been thinking about this for a while, and actually had a voiceover girl uh, record getting the ring. And I guess you, you ladies were early, so I didn't have time to produce it. Not a big deal, but I want to get this. Uh, a people who piss you off. Yeah. So I'll mention King the guy. Ling, <laughs> so look forward to that segment. Uh, again, more episodes, greater guests in the future. As far as the next time you will hear us, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll hear it.
1: You've been listening to the distorted minds of Brando and Scotto, dissecting all things Guns and Roses on Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at the AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash the
2: AFD Show. No! No! Yeah! Thanks to the
0: lame ass security, I'm going home.